Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast is brought to you by King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry, Bavarian Grill, and Yield Butcher Shop. King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry, a longtime retail and repair shop for, you guessed it, clocks and jewelry. Everything from grandfather clocks to mantle clocks, wall clocks. Hey, if you just need to get the battery in your watch replaced, King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry has you covered. Not only that, they are also a gold and silver exchange. So if you have any gold coins, silver coins that you're looking to trade in for cash on the spot, King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry has you covered there as well. They are located at 1201 North Central Expressway. Having served Plano for over 30 years, King Arthur Clocks and Jewelry. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Taylor Raglan, who does sports for Plano Allen and Lake Cities, as well as Devin Hassan, who's the sports editor for the Mesquite News and the Rowlett Lake Short Times. And gentlemen, let's talk some year in review. So this is, we're recording this on Monday. This is, I guess, our first our first full day as a staff of, if you want to call it summer vacation mode or whatever <laughs> passes for like a summer vacation in this line of work, all of um, our baseball and softball teams have played their uh, their final games all 14 of our markets have been cleaned out and yeah we're uh, there's just nothing to write about right now as we uh, <laughs> as school's out and yeah we're all uh, we're all in summer mode so um, what we're going to do from um, i guess for this month at least for the monday editions of the podcast is we're going to devote these next few weeks to looking back at the year that was for um, for all 14 of our markets we're going to find some way within these next four monday podcasts to cram into a, kind of a year in review a look back at all of our markets and just some of the uh, some of the standout moments from the uh, from the schools that we've covered, just some overall impressions on the year that was um, for just these uh, these athletic programs that we have spent the last uh, what nine months, you know, just writing fervently about. So, um, Devin, you know, Taylor, with the two of y'all here, we're going to focus this first one on uh, Devin, your two markets, Mesquite and Rowlett, as well as Plano. So, um, so Devin, let's just get right into it. Let's look at um, let's look at Rowlett and just the uh, kind of the year that was between Rowlett Sachs obviously a school district that you've covered you know for quite a while just when you look back at 2017-18 for those two schools um, just what kind of jumps out at you uh, dominance and consistency yep. uh, you know Saxe, uh put together a you know a, the eight season based sports mm-hmm. in other words volleyball football girls and boys basketball girls and boys soccer baseball mm-hmm. softball they wanted to at least to share the district championship in seven of those Boys basketball being the lone exception, um, but uh, and most of those were in undefeated fashion. I mean, you look at their four girls teams; uh, they lost a total of three district games between four sports. Wow. So I mean, it's just it was just a phenomenal year all around for them. Uh, the, the the football team obviously making it three rounds deep for the first time ever. Uh, the girls basketball team making it to the state tournament for the first time in school history. Uh, that was really kind of the story of the year on that side, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get more to that in a second. Yeah. Uh, but then you look at the at Rowlett, that's the consistency. All eight of their season-based teams made the playoffs for the second straight year. No other Garland ISD team can say that. They earned a share of the, uh, the, uh, the district championship in volleyball, uh, earned a share of the district championship in uh, girls' soccer, 
So again, even though they're finishing second, they're, they're still making the playoffs. You know, in in every sport. And the last team that didn't make the playoffs from Rowlett was the girls' basketball team back in 2016. So I mean, just across the board, they, they're just they've just been a model of consistency. They run that Garland ISD district. <laughs> Rowlett and yeah. Saxe. That's you know. Yeah. They're, they're, they, now, granted, you know. All things considered, they're the two biggest schools. Mm. They have the, the two biggest uh, student bodies to pull from. It's not a big discrepancy. You know, we're not talking Allen Wiley different yeah. here. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're all between you know yeah. twenty two hundred to twenty eight hundred. Uh, Three thousand student. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It's not like yeah, having an extra school yeah. to pull yeah. from. Um, you know, but but you know, they they that's kind of those are the two the, the fastest growing schools, and they they've been the standard, and it's cyclical. You know, there was a, there was a time, you know, a decade ago where Garland was kind of the oh, yeah. standard bearer uh, across the board as far as being a well-rounded program, but. Um, you know, as these two schools have grown and as they've kind of developed, um, and, and again, the consistency aspect uh, comes from coaching as well. You know, there are, are coaches at Rowlett, like Paul Common in baseball, mm-hmm. that have been there since the, the school opened in 1996. Same with Saxe, you know, Red Barons, the football coach, has been there since the start. Don McCullough, the girls' basketball coach, has been there since the start. Mm-hmm. And they actually opened in 2002 as a junior varsity program. Um, they didn't start playing varsity sports until 2004. Mm-hmm. But they have Chris Burrow, the baseball coach. They have several coaches that have been there since the program opened. And that kind of stability really helps build, especially when you know, you're in Garland ISD, you have choice of school, which does factor into to, to certain yeah. things. Um, and, and you know, having some you know, a coach that's been there and had has their program, they had the feeder schools running the same system that they want. You know, you can see the the, the results play out the way they do. You mentioned, um, you know, just some of the high water moments of you know covering that school district and Saxe girls basketball, just top of mind with just the the if you want to call it a magical run or just the uh, I don't know how much of a surprise it was in hindsight as they kind of flew under the radar at least a little bit during the regular season and then just seemed to just take things up a notch. Just kind of. Ref- Reflect on what that was like now in hindsight, kind of going through and covering that team and watching them, you know, do what they did. Well, I, I think I think Garland Dynasty tends to, as far as Metroplex, you know, the Metroplex goes, they, they tend to fly under the radar anyway because there isn't a lot of state yeah. of history with them making state runs in, in, in any sport. And you mentioned just like the how lopsided a lot of those games were, and those teams are just traditionally. It's kind of always tough to gauge just how good they are when you're just running every team in your district out of the gym by forty points. That is how much of it is you versus how much of it is just the the district. Yeah, and, and I think I think you know, but I think when you look at you, you talk to somebody from the Houston area or from the Austin area and stuff, they think about Allen. They yeah. think about Plano. They maybe think about you know Marcus and, and those Louisville teams that mm-hmm. have, have had a lot of success in other sports, South Lake Carroll type stuff. Yeah, and, you know they didn't. When Saxe made it to the state tournament this year, I had people down in San Antonio ask me, where is Saxe? <laughs> they had no clue yeah. what Saxe was. Um, but, you know, you asked me, it, was it a surprise? Not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that, that had uh, that returned everybody from last yeah. season and coming off a good year. Um, and they kind of, you know, they had that memorable game against uh, against Henderson in the in the yeah. regional semifinals, <laughs> where they were down twenty points in the yeah. first quarter and come all the way back to win, and then obviously were able to follow that up the next day with a, a whatever Fluorville to, to make it to the state tournament. But um, you know, it, it was a team that kind of you could have caught fire at the right time, but the talent was there, mm-hmm. and they had every opportunity to beat Converse Judson. The Converse Judson team that I watched take Plano oh, yeah. to the very end. Um, and so I think Saxon kind of sits there and thinks, man, 
a bouncer, you know, one bounce here, one mm-hmm. bounce there, and we're the state champions. They certainly had that potential, and they proved in the court. And when you look at it, Avery Krause, Kayla Demas, Jayla Brooks, Tia Harvey, Adhel Tack, their entire starting five is all back next year. So that's going to be, they're not going to be flying under the radar no. next year. No, they, they, they will, will not. They will probably be ranked in the top five. If yeah. not, maybe, nah, I don't know. You, you can make a case, though. The defending champions should be ranked number one. I, they, they, but, but they do lose a lot. I mean, yeah, yes. Saxe is in a far better position entering next season than Plano will be. They, they are, and they also have that experience. And yeah. I, I know, you know, talking to them after the game, you know, it's always heartbreaking anytime a season ends, mm. but especially in a, in a game where you could have won, yeah. and they, I know they feel like they should have won. Um, they're going to use that as motivation next year. The uh, I guess I the the Saxony football team was another just major story with that team just kind of just bursting onto the and they were ranked fairly high just about all yeah. season. The AP had them in the top ten just about all year, um, and they uh, they made headlines for a variety of reasons. Whether it was for the dominance on the field, or whether it was the their, their uh, music, yeah. <laughs> the uh, what was it? Just it was just one track, just a uh, the, the, the sexy you rap. Yeah, the sexy uh, rap. There was like three or four of the players. Yes, coined they, that uh, that genius bit of. Uh, <laughs> yes. of auditory gold and um, yeah so then but just I mean yeah it was obviously the high water year just in Saxe's history their deepest playoff run ever um, just kind of yeah kind of recount just that season and just what that was like well you know it, it was it was an interesting year because they just crushed everybody yeah um, early, early on, I, I mean, I mean, they're scoring 60, 70 points, and that was what the what their song was about was the fact that their starters are always sitting in the second half, which a little cocky, maybe, but uh, oh, absolutely, there's no, oh yeah, not not a, not a little. <laughs> if you got players putting out a rap song b- bragging about your dominance, that's um, that is some next level <laughs> braggadocia. But 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 they uh, but they went through, and, and again, they yeah. had the one big challenge in the regular season when Rowlett jumped on him. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they took their best punch, and Rowlett was actually up 14 points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Saxe, you know, they had to dig deep for the first time all, all year long, yep. and they were able to rally. Jalen Maiden scored uh, rushed for a touchdown in the final minute, uh, so they could pull out a 42-35 win. And, you know, I think that game actually helped them immensely when they got to the playoffs because the playoffs were a whole different animal. Oh, yeah. And they, they were fine in the first round against Lake Highlands, but then they played a Rockwall team that came out of a really tough district mm-hmm. in 11-6A and knocked off the Woodlands. Everybody thought the Saxe and the Woodlands, was that was going to be one of the premier area-round matchups mm-hmm. uh, in the state. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, Rockwell comes in as essentially the fourth seed, I think, got a That's what I was just thinking, yeah. Um, and, and knocked off the Woodlands, and they had Saxe on the ropes. They're up. They're up by a touchdown late in the fourth quarter. Jalen Maiden leads them down the field. Uh, they scored the tying touchdown. Come out, they go to overtime. Um, you know, he hits Jackson up in the middle for uh, a touchdown pass, and then they had that big goal line stand where um, uh, they were able to hold twice from the one yard line to, to pull out the wind. And, and then, you know, they, they go on the next round, and uh, the road came to end because of Fluverland Henderson. But that was another interesting game because Fluverland Henderson was up 42 to 14 in the fourth quarter with eight minutes left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think, okay, well, now what are you going to do? Well, I think they kind of showed their resolve. They, they showed their resiliency. Uh, they made a charge, you know, got back to 42-35. Um, ultimately, it was not meant to be. Uh, but, you know, that, that was it. And I talked to Coach Barons about this, um, you know, after the spring game last week. And, and he said, no, you know, that, that, that team raised the bar. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, 
Every team is different. Every group of kids is different. He said, but now they have that to shoot for. Uh, it's three rounds deep. You know, their ultimate goal is to win a state championship. So they're in no way satisfied. But, you know, it's, 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 it's a series of steps. And they took the, uh, the next step last year. Um, I guess, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to add on, like, the Rowlett side? Or just anything else that kind of jumped out within that market for the season? Or? No, you know, like I say, it's just, it, it, again, it, Rowlett, I mentioned the word consistency yeah. earlier. Um, again, across, across the board, uh, I'm really, uh, you know, if I had to, like, look at a Rowlett team that I'm really interested in last in, in next year uh, that jumps out is the boys' soccer team. Uh Kevin Adolfo, who is the district most valuable player this year, scored 20 goals, only a sophomore. And you start looking down their list. They have made the playoffs every year, I believe, since 2000. Um, and they had a rally late in the district season to make it this year. But then you look at their roster, and it's sophomore, 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 yeah. sophomore. And that's been a program that I, I've always thought was capable of making. They've made a couple of really nice playoff runs over the years, but that was one of those teams, those programs I've always thought was capable of making a run at a state championship. I'm not sitting there saying they're going to make a run at a state yeah. championship, but I think what they had coming back, they have a bona fide star in Kevin Adolfo. I think that's a team next year to kind of really keep an eye on as, as one that could make a run at the state tournament. Interesting. So then let's uh, let's transition into to Plano. Let's give you a chance to catch your breath, Devin. <laughs> we dig into in, into into Mesquite with um you know Taylor. You know you and I. You know you tagged along. You came on board. Was like right in the middle of the basketball playoffs. Yeah, I think the I think the first game. This wasn't Plano related, but I think the first game I covered here was Allen. Duncanville? That sounds right. Basketball? That sounds about right. So, yeah, right around then. So, you got to see about maybe the back, I guess the back third, back yeah. half or whatnot of the uh, of the Plano ISD mm-hmm. Athletics school year. I guess a quick, um, just a quick snapshot of what happened in um, just in Plano, in, uh, in Plano ISD Athletics this year. You had um, one state champion as far as the, uh, you know, the major team sports go, um, that being Plano Senior Girls Basketball um, within the, uh, what did you, have you refer to it, t- just season sports? Because I've always wondered. Yeah, season, the, yeah, the terminology yeah. I've been about, but yeah, I just say season-based sports. Season sports, bracket sports I've used in the past. Yeah. yeah. Like the volleyball, football, soccer, basketballs, baseball, softball. Um, Plano ISD had three district champions across those eight sports. You had Plano West Volleyball, which was kind of a surprise at the time because I remember your your predecessor, Tim Glaze, he, um, you know, Coach Bridge told Tim beforehand that the expectation heading into last season might have been that it was almost like a rebuilding year Hmm. because they graduated such a talented senior class and that team just hauled off in one district, won three rounds deep and uh, that's if you want to rebuild yourself from a playoff contender into a district yep. champion I guess that's what Plano West did in, uh, in volleyball last year obviously the aforementioned Plano girls basketball team they won district as well and then Plano softball team which um, you know which just concluded their season um, on Friday with a trip to the state semifinals they too won district 66a as far as the um, you know the I guess the solo sports what have you they were district champions for East girls cross country uh, Plano girls track Plano West boys golf and uh, Plano West tennis. Um, I guess kind of looking back at this um, this school year as a whole, you know, like we just, you know, spent a lot of time talking about the Saxy Girls basketball team and what they were able to accomplish. And, um, you know, had they been able to get past Judson, it would have been a matchup with uh, with Plano Senior, a team that was, you know, making a, uh, making the, the trip to state. They ended up winning the 6A state championship, their first their first one ever. Um, and that was, you know, of all the teams that, you know, I've I covered last year, that's just the run that really kind of jumps out just because of, uh, it was a team that, you know, I've said this before, but going into the season, you knew that 
the potential was there. It's going to be a, a situation very similar to what Saxe has working in its favor, where Plano had its entire team back. I mean, they did not. not, not that's not kidding. Like, they did not graduate a single player from their team the year before. So you had that kind of chemistry, that kind of continuity, and they were a team that already had you know a really a really impressive intangible over most opponents, and that was just their collective size and length, and um, just how well that they played together on the defensive end. And you knew that the potential was there for them to you know to potentially get on a roll and do something special but it's region one you know that you know for covering uh you know if you've covered girls basketball in texas you understand that region one largely goes through duncanville as is always the case every year. <laughs> it always goes through duncanville they're the juggernaut perennial powerhouse no matter how up or down they might seem like there you know that if you get to the regional tournament chances are you're going to see them there and that was i mean of all the games that uh first off plano's playoff run was i mean it was it was just a murderer's row even like as early as their first round matchup against ld bell who was the four seed out of uh 5-6-a they, they that team still had one of the top, uh, you know, one of the top uh, sophomores in the country, and Myra Gordon, and uh, she gave them all, all they, all the she could handle, all they could handle. Um, she had like what thirty-seven points, I think, in that game, and that game was it was one that you know, Plain only won that game by seven, just because Gordon was just that dominant. So it was a game that even in the first round, you know, there was no. Uh, <coughs> No resting easy, and then they had the double overtime game against uh, against DeSoto, which was I mean that'll be when I go back at the end of the year and recount the uh, the five biggest five best games that I covered. That's for sure getting on there. That had the uh, the crazy uh, the crazy uh, buzzer beating three by I forget I forget the girl on DeSoto who hit that shot, but to force overtime, um, you had the. Uh, the sequence where actually that was set up beforehand by um, you know Plano Sophie Flighty was at the free throw line. Um, she makes the first free throw on a one and one, and then on the second free throw she missed the shot. But one of uh, one of Plano's cheerleaders had stepped onto the court, and the refs blew the free throw dead before the shot went down. Oh man! <laughs> and then Flighty's made her next. She made the uh, the makeup free throw, and then DeSoto went down to hit the three to tied it and send it in overtime. So you think of just the uh, just Whoa. the little. The little breaks here and there. Just, yeah. I mean, I've always said, regardless of the sport, you have to get a little bit lucky along the way in order to win a championship at any level, whether it's high school, college, even what you're seeing in the NBA Finals. You have to get a little bit lucky to win a championship. <laughs> but um, playing against J.R. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, then they uh, then they turn right around then and beat uh, beat Cedar Hill, another team from that juggernaut 76A district, and then um, you know they were able to build up to that regional finals game against Duncanville, and it was just it was shocking just watching watching kind of like the score was like the final score was 60 to 48 Plano and it was a game that at the time felt like I mean you just don't see a team take it to Duncanville quite like that because as this game went along it was like this wasn't this didn't feel like an upset anymore this wasn't like Plano was just catching some fortunate breaks and whatnot it felt like all those attributes that usually equate with Duncanville you know size IQ uh, defense uh, pressure um, it was Plano was the one who was out Duncanvilleing Duncanville for the lack of a better term and then they were able to turn that around and you saw this Devin, you were covering them down at uh, you know down at state, and just the um, I mean the job that they did in that title game against Judson being what was it a double digit deficit in the second half? Yeah, they were down ten. I, I want to say ten. It may have been eleven, but yeah, I mean they were they were on their heels. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean now it obviously it's a very very good yeah. conference Judson team, um, and, and they dug deep. I think they obviously you know you, you, we, we kind of threw out and it sounds cliche battle tested but it does make a difference when oh, you yeah. go through a tough district and especially when like you say they went through that gauntlet of teams through region one you can call on that experience and i think you saw that in the second half of the state championship game that's why they you know 
lifted the trophy. It was, you know, they kept the uh, essentially the same starting five over the back half of district through the playoffs. Um, and it was a team that, I mean, they just, everybody kind of knew their role and they just played so freaking well together. You know, whether it was the seniors like Katie Farrell, Anna Halverson, and Sophie Flighties, Jordan Merritt, who's, I mean, who just looks like she could become one of these special girls basketball players just in Plano ISD, just in general. And uh, Zaria Collins, who really went on, um, you know, so the big, the big uh, kind of plot line over the second half of the season and through the first few rounds of the playoffs was Plano not having Lolo Davenport, who was out for six weeks. Um, Zaria Collins was called upon to kind of fill that role as far as get those, as far as take on those minutes. Uh, Merritt had to do a bit more scoring, but um, I mean, they just, you realize just watching throughout the uh, playoff, just what a pivotal part Zaria Collins played for that team on both ends of the floor, doing a lot of the uh, the dirty work, the rebounding, the hustle, the defense. I mean, she became, that was who they put on, like, their uh, the other team's best perimeter player was. They just sick Zaria Collins on her, and she did a great job guarding some of the top players in the uh, in the state for that matter. So then you get to the fourth round of the playoffs when Davenport's back, and they brought her off the bench, and all of a sudden you've got a, I mean, you've got a player that can put up 20 a night coming off your bench, and just what, I mean, that just took Plano's ceiling to a to a whole new level. Well, she, she was the most outstanding player yeah, at the, in the state just, championship <laughs> game. I think when you, you have a, how often do you have a your sixth man, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, I know it's not an ordinary sixth man because, yeah. that, you know, the circumstances, but I mean, how often has that ever mm-hmm. happened that, that the most outstanding player of a cha- state championship game is someone that didn't yep. even start the game? And it was so. just a nice, a nice just moment of redemption for her because I know she obviously felt bad for having to miss all that time. And, I mean, yeah, she was able to just give that team, like I said, if if nothing else, it just heightens their margin for error and just allows you to, when you when you have the luxury of being able to turn to a player that can get you double digits just like that off your bench, I mean, that is just such a, uh, it's, it's a weapon that <clears throat> starting the postseason, I think, you know, you weren't really sure what role she would play if they'd even make it far enough for her to come back. And then once she did, it was just it was night and day just how much better it made the team. Um, and yeah, and obviously it um, <clears throat> it culminated in them winning their uh, their first ever state title. They wound up being ranked uh, number eleven in the country by Max Preps. Max Preps swung by to uh, have this big old big old ceremony, big old assembly at the school when they unveiled their banner. They were ranked number eleven in the country. Just um, yeah, one of the uh, one of these special uh, just uh, basketball teams in Plano ISD history. And then, um, I mean, just the, uh, and that kind of triggered a run of uh, Plano ISD, just uh, Plano Senior Girls Athletics, for that matter, just had a, uh, a banner back half of the year between what the girls basketball team did, what happened with the track team winning their first uh, district championship in forever, um, and then parlaying that into a really strong turnout at state, uh, fifth place overall. I want to say that might be their highest finish ever. Um, but you had like Kennedy Blackman winning the uh, the 400 and um, getting second in the 200, um, and the Ashlyn Hilliard I think she got bronze in the 3200. Now that I think about it, and then you take that momentum and then the softball team, mm-hmm. which um, which won 66A and then um, got hot and advanced all the way to the state uh, semifinals and had their own little <laughs> Duncanville-esque upset along the way when they took down Keller in the regional finals two to one, um, and that was you know I got to see their final game over the uh, season. Just a uh, again one of the uh, one of the special teams that I got to cover. Just a real fun team to be around. All those kids have such great personalities. You can really see just how you know, just how connected they all were throughout the uh, throughout the season. And a team that had a had a home run punch like none that I've covered. <laughs> I mean, it's they hit as of uh, 
you know, as of a Friday State semifinal, uh, Lindsay Edwards hit a home run, which no small feat. She hit a home run over the center fields, over the scoreboard at UT in center field, cleared a college ballpark, and then took out the windshield in a pickup truck that was parked just a few feet outside. I mean, just an absolute moonshot, and that was a uh, kind of a nice summation of uh, of Plano's uh, of their offense as a whole. They uh, in the playoffs alone, they hit 13 home runs. I mean, you don't see, I mean, some teams go an entire season without hitting 13 mm-hmm. home runs, and Plano did it in one playoff run. And not only that, they had those 13 home runs spread across eight different players. <laughs> it's only one player in the starting lineup did not hit a home run in the postseason. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just a, a really impressive run that, um, you know, the Plano got on, just their second-ever trip to state, uh, just fell a couple runs short. Although it wasn't all for naught, the team that beat them, Atascacita, wound up winning the state title the following day by beating Canyon. Uh, but then, um, you know, I guess, Taylor, we can give you a, a chance to have a run I'm running out of breath right now, but um, so with um yeah, just in the time that um you know kind of from the middle of the girls basketball playoffs mm-hmm. through to this point, just kind of what were your what have your impressions been kind of on this first uh, the first half year I guess right. of covering Plano ISD athletics? I mean, you already talked about Plano softball; that mm-hmm. was obviously a huge one. It was more your beat, and you were out there, but yeah. I got to see them um, close the season against East, uh, and and they were impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, obviously you've you've already kind of. Uh, said a lot on them, but but they were very impressive. Golf around the district was impressive. Yeah, uh, the Plano West boys team, which is you know always good, uh, continued to be good. Uh, made state uh, as a team and did and didn't do uh, super well at state, uh, but just consistent as always. Mm-hmm. The Cootie brothers in their final year were very consistent and very good uh, before they head off to UT this fall. And then um, Libby Winans, obviously, for Plano East, winning the girls' uh, 6A state championship in golf was a huge deal. Tommy Boone, uh, for Plano Senior, got bronze uh, at the mm-hmm. 6A boys tournament. So golf all around was was a, a fun sport to cover and, and a lot of success for, for PIC in, in particular. Um, baseball, you know, my, my the sport of my past, I guess, yeah. I, I really enjoyed covering. Uh, none of the Plano schools were, you know, blow you away good. West had a really good year uh, after a tough fall. Um, Making uh, the playoffs, getting back to the playoffs, and losing to uh, eventual regional uh, finalists, semifinal finalists, finalist Marcus. Marcus, yep. Marcus. So, um, and they took a game off Marcus too. Yes, they it's, did. It's yeah, the, well, Jack, uh, the greatness of Jack Hattrick. <laughs> yeah, Jack Hattrick took a game off Marcus. Yeah. That that guy is uh, very good. Uh, we'll be back for Plain OS, so mm-hmm. potentially uh, another another solid year next year. They're they're losing some stuff in the middle of their lineup, but. A good year for Plano West baseball and a good building year, I think. Mm. Um, Plano East had a down year in baseball. Uh, Plano currently stuck in that fourth seed. <laughs> it mm. seems like, which just <laughs> and really, they tied for really second bad, place. Really bad luck. This, Even when I mean, they tie for second, they're still fourth. Yeah, I mean, you could call it uh. bad luck, or you could call it. I mean, they did have a seeding tournament where they lost to, yeah. to West, but but still to tie for second place and then end up again mm. in that fourth seed. Injury bug bit them at the wrong time. Is rough, but. Yeah, that was kind of my impression of, of PISD baseball. Not a, not a super great year, but, but West had a solid year, and I think there's a foundation for all three of those programs mm-hmm. to, to have better years as they transition to, to 9-6-A. But, yeah, golf, funnily enough, was, I think, probably the most intriguing sport I covered from a, from a PISD standpoint. Uh, the month of May was, you know, yeah, we already talked about the, uh, the softball team and, you know, what happened in track and then girls golf. There was a uh, Plano ISC just had a run of excellence that mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many months PISD 
ISD as a whole has had better than <laughs> better than last month because you had Kennedy Blackman, you know, winning state in the 400, Plano senior girls getting fifth at state track. Mm -hmm. uh, then you had one week later Plano West uh, tennis, Emma Jenner and JoJo yep. Tai winning the girls doubles bracket at the 6A state tournament, and then just a few days later was when Libby Winans right. won the individual 6A state title in girls golf. So in that span, you have individual state Plus champions. Tommy Boone, too. From, exactly, Which, yeah, I mean, Tommy Boone. Tommy Boone gets bronze at state yeah. and gets out like he's like the the odd man out. He's the guy that didn't perform. You've got medalists, including three golds, you know, for all three PISD schools, and then you had Plano Senior Softball. You're in in the midst of their stuff of their <coughs> tie, their deepest playoff run yeah. ever. I mean, yeah, what a what a month of May for uh, for Plano ISD. Really, uh, really finished on a on a high note. I'm um, just kind of looking at the uh, school year as a whole. Like I said, it started off with some uh, you know some surprises in the fall. You had, like I said, the West Volleyball team kind of at least you know by their expectation coming out of out of nowhere and winning six six a. Then you had um you had almost like utter disaster in football <laughs> because um almost for the first time ever all three Plano ISD schools missed the playoffs and it wasn't until the last night of the regular season when Plano Senior was able to uh, just eke out a win over Plano East to get that last playoff spot in 6-6-A and um, in a game that uh, I mean that was a great game too to cover because it came right down to because you knew the uh, the results like because there was um, like you know this is, this is the case for a lot of these tiebreakers there's like two or three other results that have to right. you know work in some fashion but it became known about midway through the third quarter that the result of the McKinney-McKinney-Boyd game in the Allen Wiley game had enabled it to where if Plano had lost that game, then all three PISD schools would miss the playoffs. Which, <laughs> when you got the second, third, and fourth largest high schools in the state, and you miss the state's most most visible sport at the high school level, that's that's a tough one, <laughs> to put it mildly. But um, but yeah, Plano ISD, Plano Senior was able to, uh, despite Plano East, um, you know, pulling within three points and then recovering an onside kick inside the final minute. I want to say East uh, Plano was able to to hold them off and come away with the win, and they actually wound up being very competitive with uh, with eventual state quarterfinals finalist Eulis uh, Trinity in the in the by district round and then um like I said then it's things kind of you know reach that apex with the run that the girls basketball team got on for Plano and then um, yeah just really uh, kind of hit a uh, hit a really impressive month of May for uh, for PISD um, other things at the um, let's see uh, Plano West Tennis continued its run of excellence they made their 16th appearance at the state tournament um, this past season their eighth consecutive uh, they advanced to the state semifinals although they did have a pretty uh, pretty hefty streak fall by the wayside in September um, when Allen beat them in district play and that was and that snapped a run of 144 consecutive <laughs> district matches won for uh, for Plano West, uh, Plano West would avenge that uh, that loss both in the uh, in the uh, the district seeding tournament and then later on in the regional finals. Um, but yes, it's just a, uh, another notable year on the tennis court for uh, for what has been Plano ISD's most consistent athletics program overall. You know, just year in year out, it's death taxes in Plano West tennis getting to getting to state. Um, a couple notes on just the private school level. You know, we still do cover Prestonwood Christian, John Paul II, um, JP two snapped a uh, snapped a thirty three game losing streak in, um, in its second, uh, second game of the season on a last second touchdown to beat Frisco Legacy Christian 28-24. Uh, they, they went 14, they went 1,406 days between wins. Um, so that was just a, just a cool moment for JP2 to finally get back in the win column. You know, uh, it was their first year under head coach George Teague, former Dallas Cowboy, and they showed you know, definite signs of progress, you know, whether it was winning. They did win two games last season. You know, they did follow up that win against uh, Frisco Legacy with a win over, I believe it was Arlington Grace Prep. 
And um, yeah, so there's at least the foundation has been laid there for them to you know climb out of that. Uh, still got to get that elusive district win. I know that's another that's a streak that dates back for how, a while. how many days is that? It's uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to count, but <laughs> so but yeah, JP two still very much on the on the come up. You had Prestonwood Christian winning its fifth state title in football in um, what was I think pound for pound the best game that I did cover last year. That was an absolute thriller uh, down in Waco against Houston St. Pius, a game where Prestonwood erased an 18-point deficit in the second half. Um and won 42 to 41, scored the final 19 points. Some clutch plays made by um, by a quarterback Wiley Green, running back Josh Cunningham. Um, just a uh, yeah, just strong stuff at Prestonwood in a game where it was. I mean, it was just some of the most uh, some of the most impressive taps football that I had seen in years. Watching them just them and St. Pius just trade haymakers for most of that game. Two very very good teams. Um, then you had um, you know a bit of a bittersweet finish for the uh, for the boys basketball team. They did make it to state once again, but they did have their run of six consecutive state championships snapped in the state semis by uh, Concordia Lutheran. That's a um, so that's a cursory look at, uh, at Plano ISD. What a year! Never a dull moment covering Plano ISD athletics, for sure. So um, we'll pick things up in a moment. <coughs> give um, take a look at Mesquite and just what happened out east um, in that neck of the woods. Um, after a moment from after a word, I should say from the sponsor. Today's student-athlete spotlight is brought to you by Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat Survey as the highest-rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years! That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now. Everything from appetizers like slow-roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday through Saturday located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now let's get back to the podcast, and let's pick things back up with a uh, with a quick look at um, at Mesquite. Well, I don't know if it's a quick look as much detail as you want to go into, Devin. We got all the time <laughs> in the world, so um, yeah, kind of uh, same uh, same line of logic with uh, when we were talking about Rowlett. When you look back at the school year from Mesquite ISD, what is uh, what jumps out at you? You know, it, it was one of those. I think it just shows kind of the quality of overall quality of the districts they compete mm-hmm. in. Um, because you look at it across the board, they didn't have anybody go further than three rounds deep in any sport all the way across the board. Uh, and I just think that a, a lot of that is uh, is the fact that, you, you know, you look at the 6A district, 11-6A, yeah. and the two Rockwall schools are so well-rounded. Um, you know, Longview, Tyler Lee, John Tyler may not be as consistent across the board, but they have strong teams mm-hmm. in certain sports. Um and so there, there's, there was a lot of times over the course of the year where, uh, I mean, even most recently in, in you know, ba- or baseball and, and softball, where you basically had the three Mesquite schools fighting for that one playoff spot. And then, you know, you look, we, we've talked a lot over the last couple of years about 5A versus 6A and how difficult that is across the board. Yeah. Well, 11-6A and 12-6A somewhat gets overlooked, but when you have to go to 12-6, place 12-6A with the Woodlands, yeah. with the Conroe schools, with Lufkin, I mean, that's a lot of quality teams over there. And so, you know, I sit there and I'm not trying to, 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 to diminish anything when I say, you know, no team made it further than three rounds deep, but it's such a gauntlet just to make the playoffs. And then that first round matchup, some Times is worthy of a fourth or fifth round yeah. uh, type uh, situation. So, and you, you look at the the, the 15 5A as well with Poteet and West Mesquite. 
Highland Park's in that district, or what you know has been in that district. You know, Wiley East is good across the board. Lovejoy's phenomenal across the board. Um, you know, Roy City is an up and coming program. Forney, we just saw what the Forney oh, yeah. baseball and softball <laughs> team did here. You know, in the, in the last few weeks, uh, North Forney is, is good across the board. And, and then you run into some of those sixteen five eight teams. Uh, you know, with, with Texas High and Hallsville, and, and, and you know, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's and it's just it's a really difficult bracket to come out of. Mm-hmm. So even though you know even if you just made the area finals, that's a big accomplishment. For sure. You know, you know, if you if you take things in the right perspective. Um, as far as just any standout teams, obviously, you know, they nobody made any sizable, you know, massive playoff runs, but there were still some quality teams that you covered. Yeah, you know, um, we we alluded this on, on the podcast last week. The Horn football team, yeah, um, you know, not just winning the district championship, but going undefeated, um, taking down, taking apart a very good Longview team, mm-hmm. and just being able to withstand the challenge week to week because that's a district where there was not really any pushovers. Mm-hmm. There's a couple games that are easier than others, but you know when you have to run the gauntlet with Tyler Lee and John Tyler and Longview and Rockball and Rockball mm-hmm. Heath, uh, to, to go through that undefeated uh, was was a pretty big accomplishment. Um, interested to see how Jermaine Givens can, you know, their outstanding dual threat quarterback, what he does for an encore after accounting for nearly 4,000 yards and 49 touchdowns last year. Um, you know, so that that's they, they're going to kind of come in. I, I talked to Coach Overton last week, and and you know, he said, you know, we, we got to talk it on our chest, but hey, you know what? That's we don't have a problem with that. We're we're um, we're up for the challenge. Uh, the other team that kind of jumped out to me that I thought was a really nice story was the North Mesquite Boys Basketball Team. Uh, they had not made the playoffs since 2008. Mm. They were always one of these. Um, we're on the bubble. We're, we're right there. They they seem to finish in fifth place. Almost every mm-hmm. season, and it comes out of those last couple of weeks, and they just they just finished out of the mix. Um, but they have one of the one of the best players I saw all year long, Jerry Caraway, their outstanding guard. Um, he got really he got hot late in the season, yeah. and the team just kind of rallied around that, and, and they just they just kind of came together. Uh, you know, you looked at it two weeks into the you know the two weeks left in the regular season, you go, okay, this needs to happen, this needs to happen. All these dominoes had to fall, and when they started falling. North was right mm-hmm. there, and unlike in previous years when they had had that one bad loss that kept them out of it, they were able to rally and they beat Mesquite late in the season. A Mesquite team that had that had made I think fifteen straight playoff mm-hmm. appearances, and then they had a, a, a playing game, and, and North Mesquite ended up making it. So I, I was really happy for Coach PJ Randall. He's a, a Mesquite ISD graduate mm-hmm. who, who took over the North Mesquite program, and, and again for 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 a program that's been so close so many times to see them finally break through was I, I thought was a, it was a great situation. You mentioned just the uh, you know the strength of these the by district opponents and whatnot. Is there any are there any teams from Mesquite ISD that you think if they had a more preferable draw in that first round that you think might have been able to get hot and just kind of ran into a bit of bad luck in the playoffs or you know not necessarily I, mm. I think you know the, the teams you, you have it, you can't control who you, who you yeah, draw for in the sure. playoffs uh, you know the Mesquite Boys soccer uh, team you know went three rounds deep they yeah. they, they you know, took care of their business. I thought the North Mesquite boys soccer team had a good chance to make a run too, and I think they're. Po- I think both teams are poised, especially North Mesquite next year, okay. uh, to make a run. But uh, you know, it's just it's the luck of the draw. What are you going to do? I mean, you look at some of those Poteets has and, and West the West Mesquite boys soccer team recently, but especially Poteet boys and girls mm-hmm. for the past three decades essentially are perennial playoff teams. But you know. Second round, who do you run into? 
Frisco schools yeah. prosper. Well, in, in the past, it's been prosper. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, you can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. It's just, but you, I mean, you're gonna have to beat those teams eventually. But I think that's where maybe the Mesquite ISD teams somewhat get overlooked from a statewide perspective mm-hmm. because they sit there and point and they go, well, they didn't make it out of the area round. Well, look who they played. Yeah. I mean, these are teams that are that are. I guess their overall quality is better than a first or second round exit, but you know sometimes you just run into the wrong opponent at the wrong time. For sure. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else you wanted to throw out there for mosquitoes? That about that about it. No, that's. Uh, I mean, like okay. I say, it's it's. It, I, I think uh, you know just talking to some of the coaches and, and whatnot. Everything we, we mentioned things being cyclical. Um, I, I think especially in the in the spring sports, baseball and softball in particular. Mm-hmm. I, I think Mesquite ISD is on the verge of an uptick. This is the, the, their softball and baseball programs have had a lot of success. Um, you know, ten years ago, Mesquite made it to a regional semifinal. Horn made it to a regional semifinal. Poteet's made it to the state tournament in softball twice. Mm-hmm. Poteet baseballs made it to the state tournament twice. Uh, here recently, uh, it's kind of a, a downswing. It's, it's been, you know, only one uh, Mesquite ISD team, Horn, uh, made the baseball playoffs this year, uh, which was a nice breakthrough for Coach Red Lineball. He's playing Mesquite. Um, and, and so, so they're 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 kind of trending up. Uh, Mesquite North Mesquite are trying to get things turned around. Poteet baseball was just kind of hard luck. Uh, they had six, I think, six one run one run losses in district uh, in a very good district. Mm-hmm. With, and how Park in that group. And, and same thing with softball. You know, they, there's, those teams have had a lot of success. And I just got the feeling from talking to coaches over the course of the year, they're kind of saying, you know, we're taking our lumps, but, you know, I, I think we, we got a good young nucleus coming back. And so I think especially that's what I'm kind of looking forward to next year is to see uh, if, if those baseball and softball teams from Mesquite ISD can get back to where they feel like they belong and where they've been in the past. Yeah, they went up to see the Woodlands Conroe district. I know, we welcome <laughs> back Colleen and Belton, so, you know, no shortage of miles. Another stone throw round, away for you, know. you travel-wise. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, that's a look at uh, Rowlett, Plano, and Dunn Mesquite in just the year that was um, in high school sports for those markets. Three down, 11 to go. We'll find a way to somehow tackle the rest of those markets in the, within the coming weeks. Um, Devin? Taylor, appreciate y'all for tagging along, folks. That's just about it for this edition of the Start Local Media Sports Podcast. Folks, enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to y'all later. Thanks again for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast, brought to you by Yield Butcher Shop, a meat market and burger joint based in Plano. It's summertime, folks. The temperatures are going to start heating up, and what a better way to break into that summer heat than to break out the grill and do some barbecuing. Well, guess what? Yield Butcher Shop has you covered. They can help you with everything from catering, grilling, barbecuing, or any special occasion, serving the finest cuts of meat from every day to exotics. They are located at 811 East 15th Street in Plano, open Tuesday through Saturday, a smoking good time since 1974 Ye Old Butcher Shop. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. 
Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.